0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. This is a Sports Ethos presentation, and I am your host, Joe Orico. You can find me over on Twitter, at Joe Orico 99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. That specifically is where we're going to be posting out all of our baseball and fantasy baseball content this offseason, heading into next year and forever. That's where it's always going to be posted out from all these new writers that we are bringing on. That's where their content will go out from, so please follow there so you keep up to date on all of our stuff. My rankings are all completed, sent over to the editors. They will should be out tomorrow. Tomorrow should be the day. Uh, until then, they are in the Discord. Some of them, you guys can uh, send me questions in there or over on Twitter, and I'll send anything over there to you individually. But they are pretty much all set to go in terms of, well, I'm, I'm done, and then we just got to wait... Um, probably just until tomorrow, and then they'll be up over on sportsethos.com. But today, we are going to be finishing up third base. My apologies for a bit of a later show. Uh, We're going to be getting this one out to you guys around 7 p.m. Eastern. Usually, I try and do it a little bit earlier in the day. I just had a bit of a busy day, so my apologies there. But nonetheless, we are going to be wrapping up third base today. There's a couple more guys that I want to go over. We've gone over, I think, most of the important names here. We've gone over the elite tier, kind of the, the cream of the crop, and then we went over the middle tier kind of names yesterday, uh, you know, Brandon Drury, Eugenio Suarez, Alec Boehm, Josh Rojas, Matt Chapman, those names. And today we have just a few more guys that I want to get into, and then we're going to talk about one other guy who was a little bit farther down because of injuries, but I think he's also worth discussing. And maybe you guys can figure out who that is, but we're going to talk about him last. So we're going to start off with, I think, someone who had a pretty decent season again, who was Ryan McMahon. He finished as the 182nd ranked player over on Yahoo, and that was pretty much in line with his ADP, a little bit behind, maybe 175th over on Yahoo and 154 on the NFBC in terms of his ADP. So just a touch behind there, but within the range of acceptable still, so nothing really to worry about. Uh, in terms of the previous year, his stats fell a little bit. Uh, the Rockies were really not a great team this year, despite you know their offensive uh, advantage at their ballpark. They didn't really have a great season uh, McMahon still was was serviceable, finishing inside the top 200. Anybody there is in the serviceable range uh, and eligible at second and third. Really nice there; those are two scarce positions, so you'll you'll take that. He gave you 67 runs, 20 homers, 67 RBIs, seven steals, and a two forty-six batting average. Down 13 runs from the year prior. Down three homers. The big one was RBIs. He was down 19 from the year before. Uh, he had one more steal, and his batting average was about the same. It was uh, eight points difference. Nothing really to worry about there. Now, with Ryan McMahon, we pretty much know what he can give you in the last three full seasons he's played, I mean, excluding that the shortened season. Uh, He's given you in that 20 to 25 home run range, uh, the 67 to 86 RBI range. He had 83 in 2019. And he's going to bat right there in that 250 range. In those three full seasons, we had 250, 254, and 246. Uh, and the steals five, six and seven. So, you know, pretty much exactly what he's going to give you there uh, pretty consistently, you know, playing out there 141, 151 and 153 in terms of the games played as well. And in terms of his eligibility for next season, it's going to be exactly the same. He played 10 times at second and 145 times at third, more so than he played in the previous year uh, in 2021. It was 52 times a second and 113 times over a third, more of a, not an even split, but, you know, two-thirds, one-third more so. And this year it was pretty much, he was the regular third baseman. But his eligibility will stay the same. And I think his ADP will probably stay roughly the same in that range of 150 to 200 generally. Probably 175 is where he's going to fall in a lot of cases. I think that that makes... I think that that makes a lot of sense with Ryan McMahon. I don't expect big things from Colorado, but playing in that ballpark, you do get quite a bit of a boost in terms of your average. And I mean, in terms of home runs as well, uh, but it is the average that actually gets more of a boost there. I think that's kind of not something that's really talked about so much, but batting in Colorado, uh, it's usually seen as being like the big home run heaven. But if you just, I'm going to go and pull up the ballpark factors. Actually, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, go onto to StatCast and pulled up the ballpark factors because it really shows you uh, what every ballpark does in terms of home runs, in terms of triples, uh, and it shows you based on the last three years. So some of it, if there's been little changes to ballparks, there might be changes. Uh, you know, Camden Yards, there's been some changes out in left field there. So maybe if you want to look at it on a one-year basis, I'm just pulling it up here, and it's being annoying, taking a little bit of time to load. Sometimes it does that, so bear with me. Uh, But maybe I'll talk about something else for a second and kill the time here. I know it's not great radio to wait for something to load. Uh, Ryan McMahon, even though I don't expect Colorado to be a fantastic team, I could still see them, you know, being an all right offense. If I just pull up their offensive statistics from this season, they weren't the greatest. I mean, they were okay. They were 14th in runs, 6th in hits, 6th in batting average, uh, 13th in on base, 22nd in home runs. 20 seconds in home runs. Not a great year for them, really, as a whole at all, winning 68 games, but that kind of just goes to show you a little bit. They were 22nd in baseball in hitting home runs, and now I've got the, the StatCast ballpark factors here. And in terms of home runs, and now they level it out, so 100 is league average. I think you guys know how those, like, it's kind of like the way the plus stats work, OPS plus, WRC plus kind of thing, where 100 is average. The highest home run factor ballpark it's actually Great American Ballpark, which I think some of you might have been able to infer there. It's 150 uh, out of that 100 scale. So it's like, you know, you're getting an extra half a ballpark almost kind of worth of value when your guys are hitting there. That's how proper it is in terms of home run value. Colorado is 115, so still quite a boost in terms of, you know, the average, but it's one, two, three, four, five, sixth on the list. And this is in terms of the last three years in terms of ballpark factors. So still, still really good, still great but maybe not quite as overblown. So I I, I like Ryan McMahon. That's all kind of a roundabout way of saying I I like Ryan McMahon. I don't think the home runs are going to go too far up or too far down from here. I think this is probably generally about what we're going to see from him going forward, probably in the 25-ish range for the rest of his – I mean, maybe it's hard to project the rest of his career, but in the next five, six seasons, I could see him doing pretty much exactly this. He's going to be locked down in Colorado for that duration – assuming he doesn't get traded, which isn't impossible knowing them. But I think he's going to be there, and I think he'll be doing something similar uh, to what we've seen here. Just getting some uh, new information from our editor, Steve Vidovich. He's actually posted the rankings. I thought he was going to post them out tomorrow, but he was actually ahead of his own schedule. That's Steve for you. They are out on sportsethos.com. I just shared them out over on Twitter at, as well on both Ethos Fantasy BB and at my own account at joeorico99. Check them out. Tomorrow's show will be devoted to them. But anyway, I said a few minutes ago uh, that they're not going to be out. But they are, in fact, out. So go ahead and check them out there. But we're going to be moving on from Ryan McMahon onto our next third baseman, Gio Urshela. He had himself a pretty solid year. There's nothing really to be upset about, specifically from where he was being drafted. Uh, he overperformed slightly, uh, decently so, depending on which site you used. 244 over on Yahoo and 309 over on the NFBC, and he finished as the 198th ranked player over on Yahoo. So pretty, pretty solid production. Uh, definitely a step up from what he did last year in terms of the runs, in terms of the RBIs, and in terms of the batting average. So 61 runs, he increased by 19. Uh, he had one fewer home run, 13 as opposed to 14. He drove in 64, as opposed to 49 the year prior. Uh, The steals were the same, one steal in each year, not something you're going to be able to rely on him for. And the batting average increased from 267 up to 285. Gio Urshela, he is, I believe, arbitration uh, eligible the next year or two. He's still going to be in Minnesota, I believe. I think that this is probably a decent range to go and target him somewhere in the later part of the... 100s, like 180 to 200, kind of range. He'll jump up a little bit from last season, I think, because the production was a bit better. The batting average was a nice little surprise, 285 there. I wouldn't expect massive production. I don't think that lineup is going to be great, but I think that he's somebody who's an all right uh, guy to target in that kind of range. Uh, He's been a decent batting average guy throughout his career, 275 for the career, and a jump back up there. Uh, I don't know that we're going to see him hit what he did in 2019 again because that season we've talked about it specifically it's been coming up here as we look back on this year and years prior we've looked at 2019 and seen it's been an outlier for a lot of guys for him it was as well career high in home runs rbis and a batting average i wouldn't expect uh, too much i mean maybe he gets close to 20 home runs again but i don't think we can see him uh, hitting 314 again anyway Uh, In terms of the positional eligibility, he's going to lose shortstop. He only played twice at short, uh, DH four times, and he was 136 times at third base. So that is the only position that he will be eligible in for next season. It's not the end of the world. We've talked about this before uh, with guys who had second and short. If they lose short, you'd rather they lose short than than they lose second because it's a deeper position. And the same thing applies with third base. So Shella. Uh, Just one more time, I think around 200 would probably be generally right where he finished this season. He's not going to be an exciting guy. There's no chance. I don't think of him having any kind of what you would call breakout uh, at this point. He's 30 years old. I I don't see it really happening. I I think that there's probably a little bit of room to go up with the home runs, maybe in the 15 to 20 range. But generally, uh, we know what he's going to be generally about the 200th ranked player. But let's move on. To Patrick Wisdom. He is somebody that I like. I'm not crazy about because partially the Cubs are just atrocious around him. I don't know that there's going to be really much help for the counting stats. He's going to put up his 25-ish, maybe 30 home runs. He's going to come at the expense of batting average most likely. It was 207 this year, 231 last year. He did give you some steals, uh, you know, eight steals this year, four last year. And it was 67 homers, 25, or 67 homers, 67 runs, 25 homers, 66 RBIs, uh, eight steals into 207 batting average. I, I think he's okay. I, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't be targeting him. There's not really anybody we're going to talk about today that I'm necessarily going to be targeting next season. Well, maybe one guy. Yeah, I guess one guy that, that I would be targeting. But for the most part, these guys are not big on my radar. Uh, Patrick Wisdom will have the outfield first base, third base eligibility, at least over on Yahoo. Uh, I think he's a little bit short of the outfield one uh, on the NFBC, but otherwise I think he'll have first and third there. So that's good. Uh, he gives you pretty much just power with the hope of a few steals. The counting stats are not going to be reliable for next season. They weren't great this year. They weren't bad. I mean, where did we draft him at 232 on Yahoo, 343. On the NFBC, and he finished at 240. So sure, he finished right. I mean, if you drafted him on the NFBC in that range, that's accounting for all NFBC drafts going from October into March, April. Uh, it takes in all of them. So maybe it's not you know exactly what everybody's. Gonna be, some people will just look at certain times, and there are times on the show where we've looked at you know specific main event ADPs closer to the season or whatever. But right now, we're just looking at everything. Uh, let's say you took him roughly in that 300 to 350 range, you're going to be pretty ha- pretty happy with what he gave you. The 25 homers is, is pretty nice from that range. Batting average not the best. I'm not crazy about him. I think this is generally where he's going to go 250 roughly, maybe a touch above that. Um, but uh, the eligibility is something that I like. But I'm just not, I'm not crazy about him really. That that's a main a main key point today. None of these guys are going to be big targets for me next season. Next guy we're going to talk about is John Birdie. Now, there were points the season where John Birdie was fantastic, and another thing with John Birdie is that he played, um, you know, a couple of different positions And looking at where he played this year. Uh, it was 47 times at second, 37 times at third, so technically maybe he should be in, grouped in with the second baseman, but 10 times at short, 16 times in left, three times in center. He's all over the place. I'm just going to group him in here with the third baseman. His stolen bases this season might have won you some leagues. I know it came in the middle of the year, not at the end of the year when most people are talking about league winners, but specifically in a roto format. Let's say you picked up John Birdie right before the hot streak or at the beginning of it. He had 41 steals in total. Let's say you were able to bag 30 of them or 25 of them because I know he did become kind of a drop candidate later on in the season as well. He was definitely more valuable in a roto sense if you picked him up. you know, In June, I think he had, uh, in that time period, like, the vast majority of his steals were like late May to like early July period. It was like 25 of them or something like that. That's where he had most of his value. If it was head to head, maybe he won you some of those weeks in that time frame. But I mean, head to head is so week to week based, maybe, you know. Maybe he gave you a boost there, but the next few weeks after that, you maybe held on to him a little bit longer than you should have because of it. So it kind of hurt you in the in that sense. Uh, still had a val- very valuable season. And this year he was eligible second, third, short, and in the outfield. Uh, that's That's great. You'll obviously take that. And he's going to carry that all over into next season as well. So no need to worry about anything there changing. I'm not going to be a... Big fan of drafting him. I think he'll be probably overpicked. And if you look at this season, he was underpicked. Uh, he did not have an ADP on Yahoo. Most drafts on Yahoo only go up to about 300, roughly. Most people play in 12 teamers, and those go, I think, up to 270. Uh, obviously, a bit more, well, a decent bit more if you're in 15s or a little bit less than 10s, but you're roughly looking at 12 teamers there, 270 picks. He wasn't being drafted in the NFC 665, so he'd have to be like, you know, a very deep 50 uh, man draft and hold kind of thing. Uh, he's not somebody who was really on anybody's radar and he had a lot of value, but you got to look at him now. He's 32. I think he'll be, let me just take a look at his birthday. I think he'll be 33 heading into next season. Uh, regardless though, I don't think he's going to be stealing a hell of a lot yet. Yeah, January birthday. I don't expect to see him stealing that much. Maybe he does steal, but you know, we've never seen him play that much. The season was 102 games. Most we've ever seen him play. Are we going to draft him expecting this kind of production again next year? I don't know. We talked about it yesterday with Brandon Drury, we shouldn't really try and chase last year's miracles, or I guess this season's. They will be last season's in a few months, but at this point, they're this season's miracles. We shouldn't be trying to chase them heading into next year. I think we have to kind of accept that John Birdie's not the greatest player. He doesn't stay on the field too often. Uh, he's not given those opportunities in a bit of a crowded Miami team, so he's he's okay. Uh, if you're going to draft him, you know, as, especially talking Yahoo, one of your last picks maybe, you know, in the late 200, 250 range, somewhere in there, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it, but don't expect him to to do anything more than you know. I think a best case scenario, you might get 20 25 steals, maybe at the end of your draft, and that would be like absolute best case scenario. You'd be very happy with that. I don't see it happening. I think you know you'll see Jazz Chisholm healthy next season. It'll cut down on opportunities out there in the field. Uh, I, I just don't I don't expect him to be playing quite as much. 102 games next season. I I, I wouldn't be expecting it for the most part, again, like everybody else here today, uh, more so on the fade side for John Birdie. Next guy we'll talk about here is Brian Hayes. I drafted quite a bit of him, uh, expecting a bit of a breakout, and we did not see it. We did in terms of the steals. He stole 20 bases, which if he can do that every year, that's fantasy relevant just there on its own. You don't really have to do too much else. If you're a 20-base guy, uh, you're going to be somebody who's drafted. So, People will take a chance on him again next year. This year it was 178 on Yahoo, 148 on the NFBC, and he was the 358th-ranked player, despite playing in 136 games. Uh, he's not a great fantasy player as a whole. It's pretty much just the steals. And, I mean, if he was on a good team, he'd have more, more relevance. The fact that he plays on the Pirates limits his opportunities for runs and RBIs. He had 55 runs and 41 RBIs. And I know last year he didn't play that many games, 96 games, but 49 runs and 38 RBIs. It's just brutal. Uh, the batting average is not great. We saw him in that 2020 season. He played 24 games. He had five homers. He stole a base. He batted 376. We thought he was in second coming, and it really has never lived up to that. We saw him get a contract earlier this year. He's locked down in Pittsburgh for the next, I can't even remember. It's, it's a good few years. Uh, It's hard to see him having a hell of a lot of fantasy value. He's definitely going to fall for me, I think, for most people from where he was drafted last year. 178, 148, that's not going to happen for me. It's going to be outside of pick 200 in terms of Cabrian Hayes. I just think the Pirates are going to be so crappy. There's going to be not much to really hope for there. Maybe Jack Sawinski can have some kind of fantasy relevance. O'Neal Cruz will have fantasy relevance uh, just because of the power that he has and because he can steal bases. Uh, I mean, other than that, the counting stats are going to be kind of hard to come by, but even for O'Neill Cruz, uh, he played uh, – well, he had – how many at-bats did O'Neill Cruz have? 331, and he drove in uh, 13 more runs than Cabrian Hayes did in that time frame. He's just a way superior player, but that that team just sucks, man. Like, Jesus Christ. O'Neill Cruz is going to be a pretty much the only guy on that team that I'm comfortable drafting, and even he's going to be a guy where you have to look at your batting average and say – it's not going to help you. He's he's going to be somebody, I think, who's going to bat at the top of that lineup. He'll get his at-bats, and he's going to bat, I don't know, maybe we hope for somewhere. I mean, He did improve down the stretch this season, but i I thinking probably like 250, 260 would be an absolute best-case scenario uh, for him. Now, in terms of Cabrian Hayes, probably about the same, 250, 260. There's just not a lot going on in terms of fantasy-relevant guys out there in Pittsburgh. So... To, not to make it more of a Pittsburgh conversation, but sh- oh, I mean, while we're down that path, O'Neill Cruz, and he'll be somebody we talk about uh, in our shortstop show. But he's somebody he's he's the only guy on that team that I can look at and say for sure, regardless of what happens, he's going to have fantasy relevance. Maybe Cabrian Hayes takes a step forward. He's still young, twenty five years old. Uh, yeah, I think he's twenty five. Let's see when he's when his next birthday is. It's January, so he'll be twenty six uh, the next time he steps on the field. Maybe he takes a bit of a step forward. The power's not there. We have never seen the power outside of a few games there in 2020. I wouldn't be expecting miracles uh, from him next season. One more guy we're going to talk about today, and he's not really, I guess he's not even going to have third base eligibility next season, but it's hard not to think of him as a third baseman. I think he'll still maybe end up playing some there next year. It's hard to really gauge what he did this year because he was injured, but he's worth talking about. We're going to put him here in third base, despite the fact that he only played in the outfield and at DH, and that's Chris Bryant. I think third base is where he really belongs in the conversation. Uh, An incredibly disappointing season for him in his first year in Colorado. And I'm just going to pull up the Fangraphs pages because, from what I remember, I don't think that he hit a home run uh, in his home ball. Yeah, he did not hit a home run in 26 games, 111 plate appearances at Coors Field this year. 16 road games, and he hit five home runs there, which is really nice if you're looking per game. And, I mean, at course he batted three twenty three. so it wasn't like, you know, he was he was god-awful or anything there. Three twenty three is still absolutely excellent for anybody. But the lack of home runs from Chris Bryant was very concerning. 42 games and five home runs is crap. But I think a lot of his struggles this season can be attributed to his injuries. Uh, you know, he still batted... 306, which was actually, I know uh, it was only 42 games, but it was the highest he'd ever batted. He's never eclipsed the 300 mark even in his MVP season. Uh, that was, yeah, that was the highest he ever had, and it was. I'm uh, sorry, actually, no, the next year was the highest he ever had. But 292, 295, that was that was where his highs, and now 306. Sure, it's only 42 games, but I think we can expect to see more of that, especially if he's healthy in Colorado. Now, same thing that we were talking about earlier uh, with McMahon. Not a great team, but a great ballpark to be hitting in for sure. And, you, I mean, this season it was tough. 28 runs in your lineup uh, if you drafted him. Those 28 runs, 14 RBIs. He's somebody that you couldn't really drop either just because of the name. Uh, I mean, maybe you did end up dropping him down the stretch uh, because you just couldn't deal with it. Or maybe or not down the stretch because he actually, you know, eventually was okay. But I'm sure there was a point where you were dropping Chris Bryant. He ended up, yeah, at 66% uh, over on Yahoo!, I would be, of all the guys we mentioned here today, I did say at the top there's somebody that I would kind of buy into. It it would be Chris Bryant. I think that given the right price next season, and it's surely going to be lower than this year, where he was the 60th pick on Yahoo, 75 on the NFBC, uh, it's surely going to be lower than that. And I think that I'm going to be probably okay with him somewhere in the 110, 120 range. I think you'll probably be able to find him there. Uh, You expect him to go down for sure. A lot of people – you know, there's newer, shinier toys and fantasy people getting pushed up the board. There's other people getting pushed down the board as well. Uh, but I think with Chris Bryant, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that Chris Bryant is going to be somebody who you can find in that 100-ish kind of range, a little bit lower. And I think there you've got to be pretty, pretty okay with it. Uh, I think he'll probably be fine heading into next season. And I don't expect big things from the Rockies, like we said, but I think from Chris Bryant it's safe to say that he'll bounce back a little bit here. Maybe he doesn't, you know, have a massive season. But even if he does generally roughly what he did in 2021, uh, 25 homers, 73 RBIs, you have to think the average will push up from there, uh, 265 like it did this season. Even if it doesn't stay at 306, maybe it's 285, 280, uh, even 275. I think you'd, you'd absolutely take that kind of production, especially post-pick 100 from Chris Bryant. Uh, I think and I, I think you'd probably be okay with that. Now, there might be a little bit of concern about his eligibility. He played, like I said, uh, 30 times in left field. He did not play at third base. I would expect, I would hope that he does end up playing there a little bit uh, because as of right now, he has first third in the outfield on Yahoo. And I think he's going to lose everything but the outfield unless there's some kind of like grandfathering in of third basing for him. But I don't really expect that to happen because injured maybe there's something I don't I don't know exactly uh, how the behind the scenes things like that work over there for them I think that he'll probably begin the year with just the outfield but I would expect him to rack up those 10 times you need to play in order to get that eligibility Uh, and I think it's five starts 10 appearances on Yahoo so you know he starts five times at third base next season I could fully see that and then you add in that eligibility that maybe some people they just see him as outfield on draft day would pass him up but i think it'd be very unlikely that he doesn't get at least five reps in there uh, and even first base is a possibility for him as well he played there 12 times in 2021 and he's always been you know five or you know a few times there uh, throughout the years and you you know you tend to see guys like him play more at first base as they get older. so maybe he gets first maybe he gets third uh, he won't have them to begin the year but as time goes on, uh, expect him to get those numbers up or get those numbers in, I should say. Uh, Guys, that's going to do it for us for third base. There are some other third basemen who are a little bit farther down the board. I just don't think we need to talk about every single one right now. There are too many players in baseball to really keep track of. That's why we have a whole offseason to go through these shows. Uh, Third base is not a particularly deep position. We went through the top roughly, uh, what do we think here, 20-ish guys. Well, about 20 guys. I think that's probably fair Uh, for now. There are some other dudes that, I mean, like Josh Donaldson, we could get into, but I don't think we really need to. Uh, Guys, more as you go further down the board here, I think we touched on the main ones that are going to be of importance. There's some other guys who have third base eligibility that uh, we didn't really touch on today because they were others, or not just today, but over the last couple of days because there were parts of other shows but I think it, overall, it's kind of similar to second base. There's a couple guys that you can get at the top where, yeah, it's it's kind of a cool range. <clears throat> the middle is pretty okay. Uh, the the difference with second base is I think there's actually more guys with second base eligibility that you can find later in your drafts that I'm going to be more interested in, like Colton Wong with somebody that I talked about, uh, who I'm going to like. Uh, he's the the main one that comes off the top of my head here, a guy who has second base eligibility. There's not so many of those kind of. Diamond in the rough type players, deeper down in terms of third base. It's an okay position, but I think the best course of action probably is to take care of it early. Uh, maybe, you know, if you get an early first round pick, you go for Jose Ramirez, or you go for maybe it's middle, late first round for Manny Machado. If it falls somewhere in that third, maybe fourth round, then you go, I mean, and there's Bobby Witt as well. Uh, Bobby Witt maybe in that first round as well, maybe early second round uh, once you get past them, then you got to wait maybe a round or two for guys like Austin Riley, Nolan Arenado, maybe Raphael Devers in that same kind of upper tier. And I'd really, I think at this point, recommend going for one of those upper tier third basemen. It, it really thins out down the stretch. Specifically, once you get past pick like, or not pick, but ranking number roughly like 200 for the year, the top 200, it really starts to thin out. Even like 160, 170 in there. Once you get past Matt Chapman, uh, who was 139, then you got Justin Turner, who was 158, Yandy Diaz, 171, McMahon, 182. Uh, Those guys were fine, okay. They weren't fantastic. Uh, You know, Chapman was the last guy there who really was, you know, he hit close to 30 home runs, more than 80 runs scored. He was a really good asset. McMahon, Diaz were okay. or Shella was okay. But for the most part, it was a very top-heavy position this season. And I would expect generally the same kind of thing uh, heading into next year. So, guys, I'm going to leave you there. Please do go check out my rankings. I spent a lot of time on them. Uh, Steve, I'm sure, spent a lot of time over this last day editing them. It's it's quite a bit of a piece. I'm going to leave it there as my pinned tweet for a while. Uh, it's not going to change for the time being. There are some things even in my head looking at them right now where it's like, yeah, this could probably, maybe this guy could be above this guy, one spot switch. But we're going to leave them as they are for now. They will be changed throughout the off season. I think the next update I'm going to do is probably, I'm going to say probably around my birthday at the end of January. Maybe a little bit before that. And then we'll do something like right before the season, uh, maybe late February, March. But guys, that will do it for me for today. Tomorrow, we will go through those rankings. I'm going to try and get through all 50 players tomorrow that I ranked, and there were a couple of honorable mentions that were just left off the list. And I'll try and not blabber on like I usually do and take up two hours of your time because, I mean, I do I usually go for that long, but if I go on for as long as I do with every individual player, uh, you guys see these shows. I got through seven guys, something like that. If we go for 50 at my usual pace for these guys, it's going to be a very long show. But we will get through the 54-ish names Uh, gone through in that piece tomorrow. It will be an earlier show. My apologies for the lateness today, but guys uh, enjoy all the sports today. There's actually one last thing I'll leave you with before we go here. There was a tweet. I retweeted it this morning uh, and it was from uh, what's his name from field Yates, the ESPN NFL uh, guy, fantasy guy, the 26th ever sports equinox. There will be an NFL MLB NBA and NHL game all played today. That's pretty cool. I think that that is fantastic. There's 12 NHL games. We have the Bucs and 76ers, Clippers and Lakers in basketball. We have the Yankees and the Astros, of course, and we have the Saints and the Cardinals on Thursday night football. you got all four major sports on one night. So go enjoy, and we will see you again tomorrow. Cheers, everybody.